0: Hi, and welcome to the Paper Matters Podcast, hosted by Ashley Madak, the creative and brand manager for Domtar Paper. The Paper Matters Podcast is a paper-focused listening experience that will celebrate and inspire the evolving world of the paper, printing, and business industries. In each episode, we'll share the variety of essential roles that Domtar Paper and Print Support play for a number of businesses every day.
1: Today, I'm joined by Donna Jansen at WL Kirby LLC, one of the small landowners that we work with in the southeastern United States. Thanks for joining us today, Donna.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. So, just to set the stage, um, tell me a little bit about your family forest.
2: I'd love to. My sister and I own the timberland that is has been passed down through generations in our family, and that is the W.L. Kirby LLC. W.L. Kirby was my grandfather, and during the Depression, he was fortunate enough to be able to acquire properties and parcels of land that were raw forest, just beautiful land in primarily in southwestern Arkansas. And my grandfather was able to acquire properties Uh, during the Depression, and put together a a sizable uh, holding of timberland for our family. He passed away when my mother was 14 or so and left uh, the property to my grandmother to manage. And so since that time, the timberland has been managed by three generations of women, my grandmother, my mother, and now myself, along with my sister
1: wow okay so um what does the forest mean to your family
2: it's a lot of what our family has uh, breathed for uh, decades for generations it's our legacy really uh, that we'll pass on to my sister's children Uh, i don't have any kids but she has two sons so in the next generation of uh, forest management, it'll be in the hands of the boys and they will uh, then pass that on to their children. So, it's a, it's a legacy that we've cultivated here that was set up by my grandfather who I never really even knew. Uh, it's its inspiring for us. It's our heritage and it's what we, uh, it's a thread really when you think about it that holds our our family together.
1: Wow. Okay. So you spoke about the um, children that will be passed on to you in the family. So um, do you think the children are more interested in the family legacy aspect of it or in the sustainability aspect of it?
2: Oh, I think it's a combination of both. Our, our emphasis on sustainability has really been just in the last 20 years uh, a, a primary goal. I would say something we are really emphasizing. So as they have grown up, now these guys are in their 20s and 30s, they are realizing that there's recreation, there's wildlife conservation, there's um, care for the native environments and uh, the earth. And at this time, um, globally, we're all more conscious of trying to be kinder to the earth and what better way to protect. Uh, ourselves and our planet uh, than growing trees. So while it's an industry technically for us or an agricultural endeavor, we also, you know, heavily emphasize the the conservation aspect of it, the sustainability.
1: Yeah, sure. So in regards to on um, the sustainability, um, how has that changed over the years?
2: I love the history of looking back at how the ways my grandmother managed the forest land, and then my mother managed, and then what we're doing now has evolved and changed, both with technology, with scientific knowledge that we have now that we didn't have 40 years ago uh, about how trees grow and how to help them grow more sustainably. So I can remember walking through the woods with my mother and looking out over some of the timberland and. She would be making decisions about which parcels to um, replant or cut, and uh, so today, we are being so much more efficient in the ways that we are managing our land and and designing different plans for different parcels. That's really probably the biggest change we've made compared to my mother's era and my grandmother's era. Um, You know, we're taking each parcel individually and looking at what the environment looks like and what its needs are and how that's different from a parcel just, you know, on the other side of the county. So, interestingly, we're customizing then uh, what we do for each um, plan, each parcel of land, and we manage it that way. So here's an example. We had one 40 acre tract that was uh on a creek bottom and underwater a lot and my mother planted pine trees there 30 years ago and pine trees don't really like to get their feet wet and these pine trees were standing in water for a lot of the rainy season they, they just didn't thrive so with the help of the foresters that work at the mill in ashdown um, We put together a plan for that 40 acre tract and we planted four different species of water loving trees, hardwoods actually, and they're thriving there now. And we've been able to customize what we're doing at that piece of property to help uh, both the environment, the wildlife, and and produce a sustainable crop. One that will pay off over time just as a, a stand of timber would anywhere else.
1: Well, wow, that's really interesting. So, um, yeah, so from the time that it takes to plant a tree, when would you actually harvest it? How much time does that take?
2: It, well, that's going to depend a lot on what your site looks like, what kind of species you're planting, um, what the weather does. So, for us, we're on our loblolly pine stands we're looking at a 25 to 35 year uh, end date <laughs> for mm-hmm. the growth of the tree so it's it's just like a farmer plants a crop sometimes and um, we're coming to realize that we can plant multiple species it doesn't have to be the same and that's diversity is better for wildlife as well and the, and the earth but when you start uh, with a plant uh, planting then You know, you have various milestones along the way. So, if I plant a a stand of of pine, then eight, 10, 15 years down the road, based on how they grow, how strong and straight and, you know, what elements they're exposed to, drought or et cetera, um, impact their growth, then we'll come in and we'll do a thin. And so when those trees get to a certain size, they need to stretch out, they need more elbow room. So we'll thin out some of those trees and then again, probably at 20 years old, 18 to 20, maybe it's just depending on how they're growing, we we might do a second thin. And what you're looking for is height in those trees, um, nice crowns and, uh, you know, really straight trees too. So. All the elements play into uh, the, the factors of what creates a good, strong, solid tree. But the end game then is, you know, 25 to 30 years down the road, maybe 35, depending on the the type of tree. Um, each time when we do those thins, all of that um, that's that's cut out, that's pruned, that's thinned, goes to the mill and is turned into fiber. And so there are Um, as a business, then you do have some income along the way and then your big payoff, of course, is the final harvest. Okay,
1: so um, from what I heard you say, um, I guess um, a lot of people that um, advocate for not using paper. Um, one of their arguments is that, you know, trees are a renewable resource, but it takes a long time for them to grow. And from what I've heard you say about the thins is that thinning and, you know, harvesting some of the trees in a sustainable and very careful way actually helps them grow because it gives them more room. Is that
2: correct? Exactly. And they're less susceptible to um, pests, insects, if they're able to grow healthy. Uh, and And the other thing too. Is we're planting more trees today than when my grandmother was managing timber, um, you know, back in the 70s. Let's say, I read something that uh, indicated that uh, in the state of Arkansas alone, we've we have in the 70s when my grandmother was managing the timber, and we would go in and just cut a certain stump size out of a natural forest. You couldn't really control the conditions that the those existing trees then would continue to thrive. And here's the thing in the state of Arkansas alone, there are right now today, over a million more acres of forest land, active managed forest land than what existed back then when my grandmother was doing this 40 years ago. Wow, so that's pretty interesting. And that's another reason. Uh, to say it's okay to use paper, because we are not only sustaining what's existing. We are multiplying the the resource that's out there, which is critical in the in the case of our climate situation uh, on the earth, you know, right now for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's an incredible statistic for sure. Um, so. How has partnering with Domtar, how has that affected your business?
2: Well, it's been a phenomenal support for us. To help cultivate the wood supply in the area in the region that feeds their mill. We don't have to sell our trees or our pulp or our fiber to But they've been so good to us and their prices are competitive and they're local that it's crazy for us not to have that partnership and work with them. The foresters at Domtar really get to know you and become members of the family. We've been very close to several of the foresters who've worked with us over years and years and consider them very close friends and even family members, they have the same goals we have for our trees and they help advise and guide us to navigate the management of each of these diverse parcels and it's been wonderful to have that association and that support. As I'm not a forester, I'm a retired principal and school teacher. (laughs) I wouldn't know the first thing to do about growing a, a tree stand. And over the years, I have learned because of the support that the foresters at Domtar have provided.
0: We all need a dependable office paper that supports a healthy, protected planet. EarthChoice office paper helps companies and individuals enhance their sustainability and performance efforts by making both possible. The EarthChoice line features a vast array of options, all of which are sourced from North American forests where endangered species are protected, Workers are provided with fair wages and the rights of indigenous people are respected. Learn more at domtar.com.
1: So um, I guess explain to the people that aren't familiar, what sort of things do you learn from the foresters?
2: Give us a few examples. Okay. That's a great question because the Domtar mill is so active in bringing private landowners together to create uh certified forestry uh, products, they have done a lot of work educating landowners in sustainable forestry practices. So as part of that, they brought us all together in an association called the Four States Timber Owners Association. One of the purposes of their outreach and their efforts to these foresters and also the For states Timber Owners Association is to help us better manage our trees so that they in turn can have that product coming into the mill that is certified sustainable and they know it's been managed in a responsible way. There are a lot of things that go into best management practices in forestry. Among them are leaving areas where waterways or riparian zones are existing in your property for the native wildlife and also for erosion control. There are practices for um, effective practices for ensuring that the the landscape is preserved and protected. Also if you have any historical significance on your on your property, perhaps there's an Indian, a Native American burial ground there or artifacts, uh, endangered species, management of pests, the, you know, the, all of those things factor in. So, those kinds of educational uh, opportunities are brought to private landowners like me.
1: So, how has partnering with NGOs affected your forest?
2: Only recently have we had associations with uh, the World Wildlife Fund. In fact, I've become an ambassador for them and had some speaking engagements about sustainable forestry to help them promote the importance and the educational perspective of. We, we are having more and more opportunities to be involved in this educational outreach. And it's been great exposure for me personally to feel like I am helping make a difference to promote sustainable forestry practices and help people understand that we can grow trees and we can use trees and in a responsible way, we can help heal our earth by planting more trees. So it's been a real opportunity for me to uh, get a new perspective of Feeling like I'm making a difference in in that endeavor.
1: Okay, so um, when you've done those speaking engagements for WWF, do you ever get any questions afterwards that surprise you from the audience? (laughs) That's a great question.
2: One thing that we hear is, um, you know, I I am a just one person. I'm just me or I'm just me and my organization. How can, what can I do? How, how can I make a difference? You know, what, what will just my uh, appreciation and support of, for instance, certified sustainable products really mean? Uh, And the, and the point is we all have to take that perspective. We all have a role to play. I think people more and more are really, promoting their belief systems and their values through the products they buy and if it bears an an FSC logo on the products I think they're more inclined to purchase that because they can trust that the fiber that that product is made from has been uh, sourced from uh, trees that have been grown sustainably and haven't been done detriment to our environment or our planet so sometimes it comes sometimes that kind of question comes up sometimes people don't realize that growing trees is an agricultural endeavor just kind of like growing corn only over a lot longer period of time so they're surprised to know that there are milestones along the way as I mentioned earlier where you do a a thin um, you do some other practices, perhaps, to uh, help the trees be more healthy, and um, so they don't realize that they're, you know, it's not just growing a tree and letting it grow out there. That that's always fun to help people understand what's involved in growing trees.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of understanding, um, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of times these forests where these trees come from are used for things other than to make paper. So are there any other ways you guys use your forest?
2: Oh, yeah, we have hunters who lease our land for hunting and not just for deer, but for you know the various seasons of hunting Turkey in parts of Arkansas, they'll hunt squirrel and uh, duck various pheasants, various other animals. We really like them to hunt hogs because the feral hog population is growing and it can, you know, hogs can be destructive to your land. We actually have that very piece of property I was telling you about earlier, the 40 acres that's foggy and wet. We had beavers damming up the creek and our hunter who leases that property has done a real good job of controlling the beavers that's allowing that property to drain more effectively and, and the trees are happier because they're not always standing in water down there. So the hunter is the eyes on the ground for us too. My sister and I do not live real close to our property, but our hunters are there with eyes on the on the on the ground or you know, boots on the ground there observing what's going on with our property noticing if we've got some brown trees we might have a beetle that we need to work on containing if somebody has uh, on an adjacent property had a fire that may have encroached or they're doing a timber operation or they're upstream from us and they've cut through uh, across the creek in a way that uh, means that it's eroding the creek side and silt and Um, matter washing down. Uh, So there's various um, purposes for the reasons why we have leased our property for hunters and we appreciate that relationship we have with them. Also, I just love to go out there and go camping. My nephew, my oldest nephew and I, when he was 13, uh, spent a night out in the woods. We had a great time by the creek and it was uh, a memory for him that he Cherishes today. So there are so many recreational benefits to our forests as well.
1: Yeah, that really paints a unique picture of what a sustainably managed forest looks like, I think, for a lot of people that aren't familiar. So thank you for that. Um, Mm -hmm. So, in terms of sustainability, um, what does sustainability mean to you? How would you define that?
2: In the largest it is perpetuity. It is the carrying on of what has been. It is in infinite and it is the reconstruction and rebuilding of something that was so it's so sustainability for me. Means that we are contributing today to something that's going to be here long after we're gone.
1: Mm-hmm. So your main focus, you would say, on sustainability is just preserving the, you know, the forest for the next generation. Then, I guess, right?
2: Yeah, and for our planet too. Uh, we're stewards of this property of this, you know, these forests and we have a responsibility not just for ourselves and to have an industry there with it and to have a crop and an income but our responsibility lies in taking care of the earth so that it's there for other generations but also for the survival of our planet i feel strongly that if we don't make some big changes in the way we're using the resources on this planet then we will not have the luxury to be able to do that in in uh, millennia to come. Mhm. Yeah. So,
1: if there was one thing you wanted everybody to know about sustainably managed forest, what would that be?
2: I think it's interesting that so many of the private lands are held by individuals like me, uh, people who've had the property from from their families passed down in generations. And it's more than just a piece of dirt. It means something to the, it's more than just a piece of dirt. It means something emotionally for everybody who's had a hand in seeing it develop and grow, watching the various stages and taking care of the wildlife. I think a well-managed, sustainable forest is a gift we can give to our future generations. And I want people to realize it's not about today. It's not about this tree. It's not about this harvest. The big picture is it's about maintaining the beauty and the nature that we have been given, and it's our responsibility not to squander it.
1: Wow. Well, thank you, Donna, and thank you for your time today.
2: Thank you, I've enjoyed talking to you, and I've enjoyed talking, I'm passionate about this, so I enjoy helping people have insight into the the tree management, sustainable tree management.
1: Well, that's all for today's episode of the Paper Matters podcast. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Donna Jansen, for joining me today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening option so you never miss an episode. Plus, visit paper.dontar.com for the latest in resources, trends, and inspiration.
0: From the initial spark of an idea to the final published piece, when you have a story to tell, our paper is there. If you believe it's important to create memorable stories that support, inspire, and propel powerful ideas, then know that there's no better way to tell them than on paper. We're Domtar Paper. Learn more about us at paper.domtar.com.